And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 133, also known as season two, episode one, uh, coming at you this Saturday morning. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC. And w- real quick, because why are we doing season two? Because after 132 episodes, MC, we did it. Uh, we are, we are finally after it, it was my goal from the beginning, but we are finally, uh, on the Liberty radio network, LRN.FM at who knows when, but the fact of the matter is we're on. Uh, so to celebrate that we're starting with season two, uh, of our anarchist experience journey, uh, finally making it, uh, onto LRN.FM. Uh, so there's a little bit of a celebration there. Um, that being said, what is going on with you this week? MC. Um, so I had some bad news. I found out uh, the whole Puerto Rico thing. If you're listening last week, um, so Puerto Rico they have a, a tax program called Act 20 and Act 22, and uh, that allows people to pay zero on their capital gains. Um, unfortunately, the, they they want to know how much your your current wealth is before you enter Puerto Rico and your capital gains at 0% are only counted uh, after you move there. So if I move there with all my Monero and then I sell all of them uh, a year later while I'm there, um, I'm not going to get that tax savings because uh, I made all my money or I made all my capital gains, uh, you know, a lot more of it up to already. So um, it's not going to help me out. So so yeah, screw that idea. How could we we talked about this off the air, and I I understand your concern, but I'm going to ask it here on the air just in case people are listening. How could they know, right? Like, let's say you know, it, since since well, bulk of your assets are in crypto, they're not. You know, how could they know what your gains are uh, without being without giving them access to your crypto wallets? Who knows? Maybe they they might even want that, but they're going to want proof. Before they give you any, uh, yes, okay, you, you don't have to pay uh, capital gains tax on it. They're going to want proof of when you bought it, and that would tell them around about what price it was. Um, so, yeah, if I didn't give them proof, they would just assume I paid zero for it. And if I do give them proof, they'll see I paid a very very little amount of money for it. Um, so they would know. Um and uh, yeah, and so I, I don't have any advantage of going to Puerto Rico versus staying here. I mean, it's the same situation here, you know. Okay, so the the so the entire appeal to Puerto Rico is gone. Then it's not even, you know, I might like to well, go to Puerto Rico just because it's going to be cheap anyway. Um, yeah. it's so one of the reasons why I would have wanted to go is. So I could save money. But the other thing is, if I save money, then I'll be much more likely to spend that money. And what could I spend money on? Well, I could buy some Puerto Rican some goods ro- and services. Well, I could buy other people roofs. Like I could actually help out there. I could actually do things uh, without, you know, without the government permission or approval with my own money uh, to, you know, just to do stuff. Um. And that's and that's how I operate. Like uh, I I donated uh, eight thousand dollars yesterday. Um, I'm not gonna put that on my tax forms. Um, I'm not going to you know try to you know get out of taxes because I donated money. Um, 
it's it's pretty simple. Like I, if if I have if I have the money and then I can do what I want with it, and that's the way I operate. So I, you know, now if if the government's going to say, oh well, you got to give us thirty percent, then it makes me much less likely to want donate money to anybody. Right? It makes me want to not spend any money. It's a disincentive. And, yeah, a disincentive to do anything. And uh, I th- I'm I'm pretty sure a lot of people uh, in the world feel the same way I do. It's like it's a uh, it's a very negative thing on the economy um to to have you know have people that have ability to do things you know with with the money they've earned or saved or whatever and uh and now it's 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 like well the government wants to do everything for everybody so you know let them do it and i'll just i'll just try to so more my effort is trying to not be poor basically okay when it should when it should be doing economic things okay go on and that's pretty much it so so okay so where do you go from here then if not puerto rico anywhere else that you're looking or just writing it out right now no idea maybe like japan or uh thailand or i have no idea and then or I'll just stay, or I'll just stay here and pay the taxes and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not get too carried away. Let's not. Let's not be. Yeah, too, yeah, let's not be too that. hasty. <laughs> that's, that's crazy talk. <laughs> <laughs> pay your taxes? What? Who does that? <laughs> right. So I, I guess uh, the the next question that I have then is, uh, you said m- your goal is to to stay not poor instead of doing economic things. So. When you say economic things, you're you're talking about um, primarily donations, but other economic things, just putting money back into the economy. Is that kind of how you're yeah, describing? Yeah. It? Okay. Just buying things and buying either property or uh, goods and services, and you know, just doing just doing things. Okay. So back to back to uh, hodl mode, I guess for now. And and let the wealth continue to build before making any economic decisions beyond, you know, food and shelter for the moment. Yeah, I don't really need to hold. Uh, so what? My other issue is um, because of restrictions on withdrawals. Um, I can't. I can't yet. I'm working on it. I can't yet take out large amounts from uh, Poloniex. Okay. So, so working on that, and after that happens, then it's uh, another problem of where where to where to uh cash out the bitcoin because i can't open a coinbase account uh in hawaii so i'd have to find a way to open one with a mainland address or something like that um yeah so i'd have to find a way and then and then if i go that route definitely um the the irs would be you know after me and of course they would be anyway cuz uh just so you know i'm I was thinking about buying a house in uh, in Hawaii, and and I was going b- back and forth between that and Puerto Rico. Um, so the Puerto Rico is is looking like less less of an option now, um, and Hawaii would just be really expensive, as always. But even even if you buy a house with with cash, uh, I don't know what the limit is. Like if it's over a million or something like that, the. Uh, the realtors have to file a report of where the money came from. And I don't know if 
it came from my checking account is good enough. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I don't know. So just a lot of people like me and keep depositing money into my account. I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if that's good enough, uh, to satisfy that requirement or not. Um, yeah. Cause I don't have a job right now. So this is, this is also what I hate. I, I, I have to, I'm going to shuffle back in a minute, but I, I want to say this first. I, that's what I hate about the, the state interference in like every transaction, right? Cause to me, buying a house should be as simple as buying like a soda, right? Like I have the money for a soda. You have the house here. Take the money. Okay. Thank you for the deed to the house, you know, period. End of story. Now, I understand that with the expensive items such as a house where you may not have the cash up front to buy it, that agents and banks and mortgages and all that other, you know, financial things get in the way of making that transaction as simple as can be. But in your case, MC, if you have the cash for the house and can say, here, look at me, I've got the cash. Here's the cash. Okay, thank you for the deed to the house. Like, that's the, no no more reporting is needed. Yeah. No, no more so- parties need to be entered into that transaction. So one of the reasons why they do it is because uh, some people are, well, m- most people use a-, a loan to get a house. And and so what they do, what some people try to do, they'll, they'll get a big loan for their down payment bef- before they actually go into the, the final payment for the house. And so they'll have, you know, you're not supposed to use a loan to, to contribute to the down payment. Um, so they want to make sure that people aren't doing that, that they had, had the cash beforehand. And so that's, that's where, where, one of the reasons why it started. Okay. But if you have the cash, right, right. Sure. Sure. Then you shouldn't have to say anything. That's, and that's what I'm saying. Maybe, maybe everything will work out and everything will be just, be just fine as long as it's coming from my checking account and that, you know, that's it. Okay. All right, let me jump back real quick because I got so excited about the intro to the show MC that I forgot uh, a couple of pieces of information to hand out. Um, so like I said, we are on LRN.FM now. I don't know when uh, that show airs. You got to like, you know, check their check their lineup at LRN.FM and just kind of see, you know, where the podcast shows start to, to cycle through there. Um, so if you're listening to this finally uh, on the LRN.FM network, um, we do the show live. Uh, Saturday mornings, uh, uh, starting around 10 a.m. Hawaii Standard Time, uh, that's 2200 GMT, um, and we do it as a call-in show. So if, if you found us on LRN.FM uh, and you saw like the the synopsis to the show, um, it's a little dated, but at the same time, it's how we anticipated, we, it's how we wanted the show to be. So I, I didn't change it uh, with the program director over there, uh, Ian Freeman. Um, because I, I, I hopefully now that we have a little bit more exposure through through the, the LRN.FM network, uh, that will start to manifest this show into what we hoped it would be from the beginning, uh, and that is a live call-in show, um, where you know you, you as a liberty-minded individual can either call us and and talk to us about uh, your liberty issues, uh, you know, uh, or anarchist issues if you happen to be you know more libertarian than libertarians. Um, and also, uh, to get your status friends to call because we love shutting those people down. So the synopsis of the show on LRN.FM is, you know, the internet's number one anarchist call in show, uh, where status get to call in and tell us what they love about the government and why, uh, or what their favorite government program is and why, uh, and I'm going to leave that. And hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll start getting more of those phone calls. 
Um, but in order to call in, you need the numbers. And I didn't give those out in my excitement. So let me do that real quick as well. Uh, the numbers for you to dial when we are live are 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. Um, and if we're not live and you want to call in, just leave us a message uh, telling us some stuff. And then we'll, you know, we'll play it live on the show and, and address whatever issues uh, you call in about. But that was that was the goal of the show from the beginning. And as you know, as you may know, uh, starting out, uh, in, in, you know, podcasting, uh, it's difficult to, to get uh, listeners and it's difficult to get exposures uh, and it's difficult to get paid. So we still don't get paid uh, that much for this. Um, I think, I think our one Patreon, you know, our, our buddy like canceled his subscription like months ago and I never paid attention to it. So I, th I think we still have like, you know, a couple bucks, uh, in our Patreon account, but hopefully we'll build that up too. Um, but the, just that one more piece of, of information for you. If you happen to be listening uh, on the podcast, give us a call, uh, during, during the live hour, uh, that we do the show and talk to us, um, and, and just to let us know. So there's that little bit of information that I forgot to give out prior uh, to your Puerto Rican exploit exploits MC. So I think uh, now would be a good time to maybe have a little introduction. Sure. And, and uh, you can go first if you want, if, if in, unless you uh, want some time to think about it. Well, you just want me to introduce myself? Like, I am Mr. Yeah, Richie just... Rich, the host of the show. Uh, we do the show live yeah. from Honolulu, Hawaii. Uh, I have regular jobs, uh, but I, you know, I, I do the anarchist thing part time, uh, I guess is what you can say. And the idea behind the show again was to have a call in show. Um, but what it turns out is like, how, how do we, at least me and MC live our daily lives, uh, living the lives of anarchists as best as possible. Um, and so for me, like I, I have the regular jobs, but I do as much cash work as I can, uh, on the side, uh, you know, I, I don't file my taxes. I haven't filed a tax return. Um, wow, it's a decade now. I haven't filed a tax return in 10 years. Um, so screw those guys. And I also claim uh, on those tax forms uh, exempt. And in Hawaii, you're not allowed to claim exempt. So I put like, you know, the, you know, 10 or whatever it is for the amount of dependents. So I keep as much of my paycheck as I can. Um, and, you know, I, I, I try to stay away from state activities and status as much as possible and just live my experience uh, as state-free as possible. Um, and again, having a regular job, the biggest thing right there is, you know, is uh, the tax withholdings as far as the state is concerned. Um, and I get the hypocritical points of like, oh, you buy groceries and you pay, pay, buy gas and all that other crap, um, you know, where, where they collect taxes. And some of that, it's it's... Call me a hypocrite if you want, but it's too damn difficult uh, to to live a convenient uh, existence as much as possible uh, without without getting too caught up in that aspect of it. Like I get the the uh, anarcho primitivist primitivists view uh, where you just like retreat into the woods, um, but then we pull up news stories where the government you know uh, controls the the land in the woods and they evict uh, homeless people from you know camping out and all that other nonsense so no matter where you are there's the state um, so for for me uh, at least it's about living as state free as I possibly can uh, and still you know surviving and being alive um, you know i've i've 
I've had my share of run-ins uh, with the law for, you know, victimless crimes uh, for the most part. Um, and I, you know, I've, I've had a lot of uh, experience uh, in the court system. And if you want to call that activism, please do. Uh, cause I like to think of it like that. Um, even though it's more like, you know, they harass me and in order to have some fun, uh, I play some games with them. Um, that's all I got off the top of my head. Go on MC and then maybe we can discuss more as we go forward. Okay. So, uh, about me, I was, uh, I was nothing before I was a statist. And then after that, uh, I heard Dr. Ron Paul talk and I said, Hey, some of this makes sense. And then I was a constitutionalist until I wasn't. <laughs> so. Ah, the journey of an anarchist. Yeah. Um, my, my, my big thing, what really grinds my gears is, uh, is the nonsensical, um, totally illogical uh, killing or caging innocent people. And uh, so if we could end all the wars for a little while, um see how that works yeah yeah i mean but we should we should at least try it you know like just you know two years ten years just there's there's no reason we could couldn't have waited to do iraq until now there's no way (laughs) no way they could have attacked us but saddam hussein would still be in power and he was crazy right um so yeah that that's what that's what i don't like and 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 caging nonviolent people shouldn't happen, um, and we we would have a much better society if if people were more consistent about what government is. And government is is violence mostly, and uh, and we need less of it. You know, it, it's it's like um, what do you call it? I don't know. Like uh, uh, Big Brother isn't setting a very good example. You know, if if everybody did stuff like the government, oh. You know they kind of do now, <laughs> with yes. uh, the the debt based econ- economy. The government's you know in debt uh, too much, and and uh, and now all all the people are too. So um, it's it's not a very good way to to run a country or or your household. Um, and uh, yeah, not and now they're fi- finding the same things like uh, violence in in the family. You know, it's it's better not to. Uh, hit the kid if they can understand logic and reason. And if they can't understand logic and reason, then then, uh, hitting them isn't going to help anyway. So, um, yeah, so so that's pretty much it. Um, That's why I'm here. I'm I'm here because uh, the government doesn't make sense. All right. I guess I guess I got a couple more things to add then, because this this is going to be important, especially if, um, you know, the real anarchists start hearing uh, us talk. Um, I self-identify as an anarcho-capitalist um, and caps for the win. And what I don't want to hear um, from, you know, from, from people calling in is, well, you would be this if you would just read that. And because I've, I've read most of it, and I will say this, um, I've, I've, I've read Proudhon, I've read Bakunin, I've read Rothbard, I've read Mises, and the only thing stopping me from the next transition uh, into something different is I I am just started reading uh, Max Stirner, so we'll we'll get through that and we'll see if I make another another transition or another jump uh, and get rid of all the you know the 
and cap talk uh, that comes out of my mouth in favor of the egoist anarchist position. Um, but that's it. So I don't, I don't want to, you know, if, if, if you're an ANCOM, uh, feel free to call in and we can talk. Um, but you're, you're not going to convince me that if I just read uh, Proudhon that I'll be convinced that property is theft because it's not going to happen. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> because I've read it, you know, I, I, I've read it and more. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm personally not convinced, um, of the, of the, I guess, ethics, uh, behind those positions. Uh, and, and for me, the, the anarcho capitalist position, uh, right now, again, barring, barring what I currently am reading, uh, but the anarcho capitalist position for me right now, uh, seems to be the most moral, the most just, the most economically efficient way, uh, to organize a society, um, you know, through, through voluntary exchange and voluntary interaction. So if you want to throw out the voluntarist word, uh, I'll, I'll self-describe as that too. Um, and, you know, if I'm in, in polite society, I'll even drop the big L libertarian word. Um, but, but for, for those of us in the know, uh, I'm an ANCAP through and through, uh, I don't have heroes, but if I had a hero, Rothbard, uh, would be my hero. And I also don't want to hear the, oh, but his later works were racist. I don't care. Uh, that's why I don't have heroes. Uh, because for me, the message is more important than the messenger. Um, and if you just take at face value what was said, uh, that makes sense to you and, and follows that line of ethics and morality, uh, to you, um, then I, I think that's all well and good. Cause ev- even, you know, the, the, the general Molyneux people, Right. I'm, 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 I'm over that. I'm over that hill as well. Right. Like his old stuff, uh, phenomenal, his new stuff I could do without. Um, so I don't hoist him up on a pedestal either. Uh, it's just one of those things where, you know, if you, if you want a great introduction, uh, you know, his older work is where to go. And if people follow through the new work and go, what were you thinking? Go, you should have stopped, you know, years ago. Like when, when you got the podcast 1000, uh, that was probably where the, a, a nice cutoff point would have been, uh, for listening to the general. Um, so yeah, so, um, I guess my, my anarchist turn, um, began in 2007. So like I was, I was aware of Ron Paul, but not necessarily inspired by Ron Paul. Um, I got into it more from, from the tech angle, uh, and uh, believe it or not through free talk live. And the, the reason that it, it, I got through it, um, was because a lot of what was said already resonated with me. Right. Like I, I had these thoughts in my head and I had these ideas in my head. Um, and everyone else thought I was crazy because I was apolitical. I, I was not a Democrat, was not a Republican, never voted, never registered to vote, never, never served in the military, never had a state job. Um, uh, that might not be true. I worked at a university and a food bank and I don't know what their funding situation was like, but anyway, never, never had like an official job, um, you know, as, as a government employee. So I, I avoided all that through, through luck, chance, happenstance, and, you know, just good timing, I guess. Um, and so I, I, you know, I, I've always been in that unique position. And once I got into it, then I, I, you know, I heard the Ron Paulites and I told people at the time, and I didn't know you at this time, NC, but I said, well, I'm not going to vote because voting is moral and you shouldn't vote. But if you're going to vote, you know, your best option is probably going to be Ron Paul. Um, and I'll still condemn you for that. So, (laughs) 
um, that that's kind of where you know where where I come down on on those political issues. Um, but yeah, if if, if you want to know more, call in when we're live. Ask me questions. I'll answer them, and we can have a conversation uh, with you or with your status friends. So give out that number to them as well. Um, you know, if, if you're having trouble winning an argument with them or getting frustrated arguing with them, uh, that's again, one of the reasons why we started this show. Uh, I'd have the same conversation over and over and over and over and over and over again, uh, with different people, uh, who were all equally stupid. Um, and you know, <laughs> rather than, rather than say the same thing 20 times, uh, I say one thing once and record it. Uh, and then I just play it back for them and they go, listen to this. And then, you know, then we can have a talk. Um, once you understand what's going on. So yeah, there's that back to you, MC <laughs> while I sip my juice right on. Um, one thing actually, we don't have, Oh, sorry. One thing we don't have oh, for the show is ahead. intro music, <laughs> which I kind of feel naked about now because all the good shows have intro music and we don't. So I'm just throwing that out there. If you're listening and you want to create like, you know, some music for the show, hit us up. Uh, and, and, and let us know that you've got the skills, uh, and then maybe we'll throw some, you know, altcoin your way. All right. Back to you for real. Dun, dun, dun. All right. Um, I, I don't have anything else to say right now. So are, are we going to get into some headlines? Headlines. My favorite part. All right, here we go. Headlines. Ads popping up before headlines. Uh, eight law, eight bad laws that just went into effect. I think that's going to be a theme. Headline. Oakland County woman ordered to jail after refusing to vaccinate her son. Headline, a blatantly irrational ban on selling home-baked goods in Wisconsin must stop. Headline, progressive policies are great if you don't care about the future. Uh, headline, FDA warning to bakery, you can't say there's love in your granola. Uh, headline, government panics, ghost gun can be, can be 3d printed in an hour. And finally headline, uh, are they really out to get us? Uh, any place in particular you want to discuss this week MC? Uh, no, any of them is good. All right. Uh, we're going to go with the ghost gun then because, uh, I love that guy. Number one, the, the creator of the ghost gunner, Cody Wilson for his contributions, uh, to the world. Um, but also because, um, we, I don't think we touched on it last week, and I, I still don't think uh, there's enough solid information to discuss uh, about the uh, shooting in Las Vegas, which I'm right. sure you're aware of, right? Okay, so you can't not be aware of it and, and be alive at this point. Um, but one of the things that immediately comes to light is the the politics behind it, right? Oh, what kind of gun did he have? How did he acquire it? Now we need to ban all guns because clearly there's no way you can acquire illegally, uh, illegal firearms in this country without a permit. Um, and so, you know, the, the, the other big one that's coming out of that, that we, we're not going to get into unless it turns that way, um, is the ban on like bump stocks, which, which is such a cool technology. Um, and then there's this, right. That again, you know, pops up out of nowhere because he's been in like legal limbo for like what, two one, two, three years now, uh, with, with his, um, AR lower issue, like with the state, like putting the, put his ability to, to put the blueprints out. Um, so anytime, anytime like guns becomes an issue, uh, this ghost gun issue comes up because, uh, Cody Wilson created a gun that can be made on a 3d printer. Um, so anyone in the world, if you can afford a 3d printer, it can be a gun manufacturer and that scares the hell 
out of status and politicians. So reading into the article, uh, government panic ghost gun can be 3d printed in an hour. Uh, the story starts with Cody Wilson, an American crypto anarchist. Oh, see another label, uh, free market anarchist and gun rights activist. He is the founder of Defense Distributed, a nonprofit organization that develops and publishes open source gun designs. Uh, the about section on Defense Distri Distributed describes the company as an anti-monopolist digital publishing. Uh, back in 2013, Defense Distributed gained international attention after it published the world's first fully 3D printed gun, called it the Liberator. Almost immediately, the statement man, the statement department under the Obama administration demanded Mr. Wilson take down the 3D printable gun files for possible export control violations. In the first two days, downloads for the 3D printable gun exceeded 100,000. So it's already out there. Too late. Uh, Wilson argued that he's legally protected and says defense distributed is excluded from the ITAR regulations under the exemption for nonprofit public domain releases of technical files designed to create a safe harbor for research and other public interest activities. Uh, Mr. Wilson eventually had to remove the liberated file from the Internet due to the State Department pressure. Uh, jumping to 2014, Mr. Wilson received the title as Ghost Gunner and was described as a gun manufacturer by some for creating AR-15 frames without serial numbers. Uh, Defense Distributed offered the Internet package including a CNC milling machine that can turn an aluminum block into an AR-15 lower receiver, the components regulated by state and federal authorities. The machine called Ghost Gunner 2 3D printer and 80% AR lower receiver are still being sold on Defense Distributed's website. Under the Gun Control Act of 1968, it is illegal for an unlicensed person to make a firearm for sale or distribution, but in Defense Distributed's case, producing blueprints or just manufacturing 80% of the component is perfectly legal. <coughs> in 2015, FedEx and UPS refused to ship a digital CNC milling machine with, uh, out of Defense Distributed. FedEx spokesman told Wired, this device is capable of manufacturing firearms and potentially by private individuals. We're uncertain at this time whether this device is regulated commodity by local, state, or federal governments. As such, to ensure we comply with the applicable laws and regulations. The specter of homemade firearms prompted California in 2016 to ban ghost guns, but there is no law on the federal level prohibiting anyone from downloading gun blueprints. On Sunday, Mr. Wilson's group announced a new software for his computer-controlled milling machine to carve out the aluminum frame of an M1911 handgun. According to Wired, the latest model of the milling machine can finish a handgun's frame in about an hour with minimal human interaction. In a pistol, the frame is the only regulated part and anything else can be purchased online without questions. Defense Distributed has decentralized the entire process of assembling a workable weapon without identification, background check, and serial tracking number. Let's assume the statement department has read this article and is now in full-blown panic. Uh, anyone in America now has the ability to own a handgun thanks to Defense Distributed. Highlighted above, California is the only state that has outlawed ghost guns, and it shows how the federal government and even state governments are failing to keep up with te technological advances. Uh, per Wired, the ghost gun threat is real and growing, says Kevin DeLeon, the California state senator who introduced the statewide ghost gun ban. Are they being made by gang members? Are they being manufactured to sell to individuals who are prohibited from possessing firearms? Technologies that make it possible for the general public to manufacture guns raises serious questions. 
Uh, Mr. Wilson's passion to let every American build an industrial quality gun at home is nothing new. Uh, gun part vendors have been selling 80% frames and unfinished parts for quite some time, but it's the method of creation through 3D printers, which has the United States government in a panic. Uh, gun control talks will once again become a national subject with class three weapons in focus following today's tragic mass shooting in Las Vegas. Uh, what's the date of this article? August, October 2nd. Uh, mass shooting in Las Vegas. Reports of 58 deaths and 515 injured marks the world's the marks the worst mass shooting in U.S. history. Uh, end of the article. Your thoughts, MC, on being able to thwart the government by producing your own weapons at home? Um, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. I I I don't know why it's totally necessary. I mean, okay, if you have a registered gun. Um, then they know where the guns are and they know where to get them if they ever decide to make a law uh, banning guns. Um, so in that aspect, yeah, I think it's a great idea to have a ghost gun. Um, but for any other practical use, uh, valid or not, or, you know, like uh, good or not, um, it, it doesn't really matter. Like if I take a registered gun, uh, bought it from a, a reputable gun dealer, um, it, it could still be used in any sort of way. Uh, you know, what, one we just witnessed. And I, I don't know in, in the Las Vegas shooting, I don't know if I actually, no, I think, I think, uh, they, they talked to one of the, the gun dealers in, in Las Vegas or something like that. Um, and his, his point was, well, it's a tool, you know, guns, a tool. I can't, I can't, change how people use the tool i mean if somebody buys a car and they use it to run into people you know the ceo of uh ford isn't gonna be able to stop that um so so yeah i think uh it's not such a big issue at the moment uh but it but it could be you know so well i will say this for me um if if you if you want to break into my house um there are there are guns in the home, none of which I own. They're not in my possession, um, but I am armed, you know, with you know various other uh, sharp and blunt instruments uh, of which to defend myself. The reason I don't own a gun is similar similar to the reason why I don't have a, you know a a a, uh, a substantial uh, crypto holdings as well. And it's because it's too damn difficult to not let people know that you're in possession of one. Um, and, and for, for the guns, I don't want, I don't want to go to an authorized dealer. I don't want to pass a background check. I don't want the state to know that I'm now in possession of, you know, whatever firearms I happen to purchase. Um, I just, I just don't, I I don't want, I, I don't want to exist in that world where, you know, I'm carrying around another piece of government ID uh, you know, as, as, as far as like a gun license, uh, much like the transaction for the soda, I just want to buy one and then have it be mine. Um, and you know, I, and, uh, it's, it's a little bit more difficult to do, but it's always fascinating when things like this come up, right? Cause I go, well, this is the way that I can now acquire, uh, my personal firearm for self-defense purposes only. Um, without the state knowing or having any record of it. Um, and, and so, yeah, so there's that. And, and at one point in time, like, 
you know, I, I guess it doesn't matter at this point because it was so long ago, but I think I registered once, bef- you know, b- before the anarchist transition, um, I bought a, a 22 caliber rifle um, because the, the place me and my girlfriend were living at the time had like some, um, some break-ins, like cars broken into, and I think like a house or two got broken into by the apartment we were living. And she said, we need to get a gun. And so we went down and I don't, I, I honestly, I don't remember the paperwork that we filled out for it. Um, and I don't remember even if there was like a wait time for it because you know, where, where we were living at the time, uh, Washington state, I don't even know what the gun laws there were. Um, but it wasn't that big of a deal. Like they, there was like, you know, there was the, the gun section of the general store, right? It was like, it was called the general store. And then there was a whole firearm section. Um, and you know, like the Walmart or something. Yeah. But you know, it, it, you know, this, you know, the, the Walmart here sells, you know, like BB guns and, and airsoft rifles, you know, there's, you know, like, can you, can you go to Walmart in Hawaii and buy a shotgun? Like, is that a thing? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I've never looked. (laughs) Okay. I, I, I'm pretty sure that I've, I've been in that section because it's like the camping and sporting goods. And I don't remember seeing any actual firearms. I could be wrong. Uh, please correct me. Call in and tell me I'm wrong if you are. Because then if, if Walmart sells them and I don't have to fill out paperwork, by all means, I'm walking out of there with one. Um, but anyway, so we went down there and, you know, at you know they, they were gun people. Um, because I wanted something, you know, light. And I've, I've fired a 22 caliber rifle in high school. And, the, you know, this was a long time ago. So I was comfortable with the, with the technology. Um, and I figured it was something that she could also handle. Um, and they, they were trying to upsell us like, get the shotgun, just get the shotgun. If you want home defense, you get the shotgun. I'm like, well, I also don't want to destroy the home firing people. You know, like I, I can take aim with a 22 and it, it may not kill them, but it'll definitely like give them a reason to run. Um, so yeah, so we ended up with that and I don't even know where it is. Like, you know, at, at, at one point, uh, during one of my first arrest, which, um, was, was technically not a victimless crime. Um, but it was also before I became an anarchist. So like, there's that as well. Um, but it, it, there, but it wasn't a bad thing either. Like there was, it was, uh, I'm going to say domestics, um, with, uh, me and my parents. Um, and so like when, when I was arrested, um, they, they, they told the cops that I own a gun and that my cane had a sword in it. Uh, none of which was true. And I, I don't, they're like, where's the gun? Like you have to turn it in. Like, I don't know. We shipped it, you know, we, we shipped it with all the things when we moved back from Washington and it disappeared. And one of the things that we couldn't <laughs> ship, we couldn't even ship the ammo, right? Like, you know, the, the, the bullets for the gun. Um, like they, they wouldn't put that in the shipping container. So I, I literally gave like a box of 22 bullets, uh, to, to, to the mover. I just take it, man. Otherwise I don't, how do you throw these away? Can you just throw them in the trash? Cause you know, when you're not looking, that's what I'm going to do. If you don't put, if you don't put it on the boat. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't even know what happened to my rifle. Um, and I don't remember, you know, I don't, I honestly don't remember the, the paperwork or anything that went along with that. So if I'm like, if I'm already in the system, as far as like owning a rifle, um, then so be it. Uh, but I don't even have it. So it doesn't even matter. It's like, it's, it's lost to the world at this point. And I, I couldn't even tell you it's, it's not anywhere in my possession. It's not in any storage locker that I own. Um, and at one point I thought I had just like given it to my parents when I first moved back to put in their, like their gun safe. 
um, you know, for safekeeping and they don't even have it. I was like, you guys have it. You know, like when, when the cops were asking for it, like they have it. I don't, I gave it to them when I moved. And at one point we thought we had found it because they're like, oh yeah, well, there's this case that's like, we just got it. And so we opened up the case and it wasn't my rifle. So <laughs> I don't know what happened to it. It just, it's just gone. So I'm like, I guess if you want to say like I'm a former uh, gun owner or, you know, a, a rifle owner or whatever, um, then yeah. But I, I currently, I don't want to go through that process uh, again. I just want to have one in my possession that I can use at will. And Ghost Gunner 2 could be the solution. That's one thing about Hawaii, that it's not a very big gun culture. And I wish that would be it's, different. It still has it. It, still has it. it, it still does. There, you're right, but it's not It's not a big thing. Yeah. And I know I, I've talked to some of the, um, you know, uh, the, the gun aficionados, um, and they say that one of, like, their little bits of activism is always, uh, like, every year, hundreds of them, supposedly, uh, apply for uh, a, a carry permit um, and then get denied. And they're like, they're trying to build up, a, they're trying to, they're, what they're trying to do is they're trying to build up a case, um, you know, saying that they shouldn't be denied. And then like they're, you know, the goal is like a class action lawsuit uh, against the state right. at some point in the future. Right. And I go, well, just carry, you know, like my, my other, um, the other, you know, piece of, of theater, a- activist theater uh, that I was putting together at one point was I was uh, acquiring like all of the tools um, that I can legally acquire of like a, a police uniform, right? Like what the police carry. Um, and then I was going to like just dress like that with an empty holster, right? Because like, look, look at this. I, I can carry the handcuffs. I can carry the baton. I can carry, you know, what, you know, the, 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 the wand or whatever. Um, but the, the, the one thing, the, 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 the class separation between the state and us, you know, normies, uh, is the fact that they can walk around with their gun on the hip and no one bats an eye. Uh, but the minute that, you know, a, a regular person uh, would carry around anything, uh, people go batshit crazy uh, and wonder, you know, how in the world can they, how can you be allowed to carry a firearm? But no, they think twice of the cops, right? There's definitely, it was, it was going to be my... Um, like I said, satire theater, uh, pointing out the the difference between them and us, um, and the fact that I you know I can look exactly the same, but I'm not allowed, right? If if if, if I put you know if I put this weapon in my holster for self defense, uh, all of a sudden I'm a criminal, and they'll likely shoot me, even though I have no intention of doing anyone harm and only protecting myself. Um, they just can't have that. Right. Like, you know, the, the, the state has the guns, uh, and that's the, you know, they, they keep it that way, uh, even more so here because you're not allowed to even like, you know, walk out of your door, uh, with your firearm, uh, signs breaking the law, breaking the law. <laughs> Anything All else? Right. No, I think we should move on. All right. Okay. Here's one, uh, to trigger my paranoia then, uh, are they, are they really out to get me? Libertarians and others who seek to be left alone to run their own lives habitually ask themselves the above question regarding their government. So what's the answer? Are they out to get you? I'm going to say yes. But unfortunately, the uh, answer isn't a simple yes or no. In fact, it's yes and no. That really threw me off when I was reading the article the first time through. It was like, no, it's yes. Uh, The secret to understanding a government's intention is that there's no unified overall objective 
sentiment, or approach to dealing with the private sector. Quite the opposite. With any government, it couldn't be more fragmented or dysfunctional. At the very lowest level of any government is the civil service, which is, in any country, a catch-all for those people who are so lacking in ability and imagination that they'd be unlikely to hold down a job in the private sector. Moreover, their level of motivation is likely, likely to be so low that their dysfunction tends to coincide with extreme inefficiency. To test this out, one only has to visit the local Department of Motor Vehicles or a similar agency that does little except charge fees and waste time in order to provide you with a permit, which, were it not required, you could happily do without. Uh, most anyone, in observing the individual behind the counter, would observe the glassy stare and recognize that, even though this person spends each working day behind this counter and may have been doing so for years, he or she takes virtually no interest in your personal concern and if you have questions, tends to find them a nuisance, an interruption in the endless drudgery of issuing paperwork. Hence the image above. Here we have a pilot in Canada who, when being presented with a computer-driven list of tail letters that were authorized for him to choose from, immediately laughed when he saw the above letters on the list. He then went up to the counter, having circled the one he had chose, and the clerk processed the application brainlessly without it even registering in his head what the letters suggested. Later, when the pilot had the letters emblazoned on his fuselage, it might not have been unlikely that an airport supervisor, seeing them 10 inches high on the side of the plane, raised an objection, at which time the pilot proudly produced his paperwork. As most anyone in the private sector can attest, as soon as, as, soon as paperwork is presented, the civil servant in question simply says, oh, then nods and lets you go on your way. Uh, but looking at this more deeply, what we're witnessing is that the percentage of the population who are, once again, lacking in ability and imagination are easy to program by the government to become automatons. That even if something strikes them as being somehow incorrect, as long as he has the state stamp of approval, it's just fine. And so, as the lower level of government, we have those who are not out to get us. They are merely borderline useless and have ended up with jobs in which that deficiency will not get them fired. They are therefore merely in the way. As we go up the chain, however, where those in government are somewhat more ambitious, we find a greater desire to control. The closer we get to the higher echelons, the more they truly are out to get you. Uh, why should this be, and why should it be that those the higher-ups tend to hate the most are those who are self-motivated, responsible, self-reliant, and imaginative? Well, unfortunately, the answer is simple. It's because those are the character traits that they lack. I'm sorry to have to say that in my many years of working directly with politicians and heads of government, virtually all of them were highly evolved civil servant types. They had more drive, more guile, and larger egos than their lower-level bureaucrats, but were just as parasitical and just as lacking in character traits that would make them productive people. With these individuals, yes, they are out to get you. First, if they recognize that you possess the traits that would make you productive, they will be highly jealous and suspicious of you. Second, they will understand that since you are productive and they are not, they must find a means by which they can use you as a cash cow, to be milked as much as possible and as often as possible. Their purpose, therefore, is to regulate, control, and tax you in every way possible. And in this, they are, quite simply, predators. They may be Tory or Labour, Republican or Democrat, but they are predators nonetheless, and as such are a genuine threat to both your freedom and your well-being. 
Of course, all politicians play the game of party politics, doing all in their power to convince the electorate that they are their party, are dramatically different from the opposing party, presenting their own party as the good guys and the opposing party as the bad guys. However, they are, as Judge Andrew Napolitano has repeatedly stated, merely two wings of the same bird of prey. Significantly, as both the bottom level and top level are separated by many other layers of bureaucracy, and as their common character traits are in inability, dysfunction, etc., there is no cohesive set of principles upon which a government operates. Its purposes are control and usurpation, and they are backed by an imbroglio of confused and self-contradictory legislation and an increasingly large body of enforcement agencies." Uh, although the individual within these agencies tend to be incompetent and dysfunctional, they do tend to remain loyal to the whole. They may not get along with each other or work towards a unified set of goals or even have the same beliefs. They do, however, tend to do as they're told and blindly support the state above all else. Uh, once all of the above is understood, the individual may do so as the pilot has done. He has grasped the dysfunction and parasitic na nature of his government and has used their own computer-generated registration code to express his reaction to authority. Uh, more to the point, he has used their laws, their bureaucracy, to express its legality. This is an important point. Each individual essentially has three choices. He can either go along with those lesser beings who seek to control his life, or he can rebel and possibly be incarcerated for his efforts. Or he can, he can become creative and recognize the laws and regulations of the country are a confused mess written by incompetent people and do all he can to assert his independence legally. He can and should do everything in his power to operate his life as though he is not owned by the government of his home country or any government for that matter. Wherever a government tries to control the ownership of his real estate through taxation, he might seek out a jurisdiction that has no property tax. If they try to tax his income, he might seek out a country that has no income tax. If they try to restrict his migration, he might seek out a second citizenship that does not restrict him. Uh, freedom is not merely a vague historical ideal or an excuse to celebrate with firecrackers once in a year. It's a lifetime pursuit and should be taken on as such. Uh, the pilot had question has made his initial stab at it. Hopefully he, along with you, the reader, will make the central facet of his life's work. Uh, editor's note, a second passport is one of the most practical and effective ways to assert your independence. Uh, find out how you can get one of our special reports. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, your thoughts on this article, MC? Um, I was I was just uh, thinking about the whole passport issue uh, recently, and I, I uh, had a conversation with um, uh, somebody I was doing a, a Bitcoin deal with. Um, and, and I told him, you know, that the, the whole passport thing was a temporary measure during wartime and pe people, a lot of times they think that, you know, be because they have their passport that they're, that they're free. And actually it's quite the opposite. You're, you're, if you, if you have a passport, that's your slave, basically you, you're, uh, you're declaring that you had to get permission from, from the state to be able to travel and that's just ridiculous we, we shouldn't have to have that yes and that that came up um that is that exact issue uh came up in one of the uh, classes and seminars that i went to um man back in 2012 it's been five years already that's unbelievable um because in order to in order to take the class right one of the requirements like the list of things you had to bring with you was a passport and I went, I don't, I don't have one of those, you know, and the, you know, then, then I went, you know, I, I called up the administration and said, you know, I don't have one. 
um, I'm taking this class in two weeks. How necessary is it, you know, that I bring one? Um, and I was told not necessary at all. <laughs> so I, oh, okay, that's good. Um, but then, you know, at, at that point in my life, um, although an anarchist, I still didn't want to get the passport. I, it, it was, I was doing other work, uh, on myself, uh, and, and thought that, you know, well, let's see about this. So, so my initial reaction was, well, if it's not necessary, then what I'll do is I'll generate my own, right? I'll just, I'll design a passport, uh, for myself, you know, and, and I'll just, I'll make one. Um, so I had my buddy who had previously taken the class, uh, years prior, like send me a picture of his and I was going to design it, you know, and, and, you know, and just do that. And like, you know, and you, you guys, wherever we're going, that this passport is required, you guys just pick me up like a mile down the road. Right. Cause you know, th there's, there's always a way to get in. I might just get, not get in in the same entrance as you do. Um, and then, uh, another friend of mine, like, you know, who decided to take class and also didn't have a passport, um, you know, found, found a way that we could both acquire the passport, like within the amount of time and just going to, you know, cost a little bit of extra money, the expedited passport. Um, and so, you know, so, so once he'd said like, yeah, I'm going to have it before the thing I went, all right, you know, now that it's possible and, you know, and easier, um, I'll just go ahead and get one. So I do have a passport and it wasn't necessary. It wasn't necessarily necessary for the class. Um, like I, I, I don't want to spoil too much, but uh, you know, they, they asked you if you had it at the beginning. Um, and if you didn't have it, then you, you, there was a possibility that you weren't going to be in the class, you know, even after traveling like <laughs> to, to California to do this thing. Um, there was a possibility that you would be sent home without it. Um, but it, but you didn't need it. Like with the, the class didn't take us anywhere where a passport was required. Um, but one of the things that they brought up was, you know, it was, uh, one of the themes of the class was like Liberty, right? The, the, the freedom to move and travel about. And they said like, you know, in, in your, in your Liberty packet, right. You know, the, the thing that you should always have with you is, you know, thousands of dollars, Right. And, and <laughs> your, your passport. Right. So that at a moment's notice, you know, th those of us with liberty, you know, the, the freedom to move about those of us that have attained true liberty in this world. Right. You know, we, you, you know, we, we're at a, at a drop of a hat. We can be anywhere in the world yeah, because we have our cash and our passport with us. Um, uh, you know, uh, it, this was also a time that I didn't want to like I, I was not about to rock the boat anymore. Um, than I already was, uh, at, at this particular class. Um, so I kept my mouth shut. Um, but, but it, again, it's one of those things where they go, no, that's the, that's the opposite. You know, like war, I, I shouldn't need that, you know, to attain Liberty. But if you're like, if you're going, um, with this article, right, it's, you know, it's the legal way to, to move about the world, right? It's, it's, it's playing within their system, um, in, in order to, to accomplish whatever other goals that you have. Uh, and me personally, I don't like doing that. I don't, I don't, you know, like I said, I'll, I'll get there. I just may not get there the same way you do. And I might not enter the same, you know, in, in, through the same entrance that you did. Um, uh, but you know, if, if there's that many illegal, um, uh, Mexicans and Chinese people in the United States that found a way to cross this border, uh, I can find a way to cross whatever border you're trying to get me into as well. Um, and I don't, I don't need this little piece of plastic, uh, to do it. Um, but I do have one and I've never used it for its intended purpose. 
Um, and I, I would hope to, to, you know, never have to. Um, so yeah, there's that. Your thoughts, MC? Uh, yeah. And, and if you do want to be able to travel to even more places easier, um, I think, uh, Brazil has a really good passport. Um, it's still part of the same system. There's basically nowhere, nowhere in the world, uh, that isn't part of this, uh, baloney of, uh, you know, your, your whole pass that you have to carry around. Yeah. Um, See, and I've shared this on the show before too. Like I don't, I don't have a valid driver's license anymore. Um, I gave that up. Mine expired in 2014. And, you know, at the time I said, I'm not going to renew this. Like they weren't going to let me. So it was kind of a moot point, but I also declared well before they weren't going to let me that I'm not going to do it. Like from 2012, I went, I just, I'm not, it's going to expire and that's going to be it. Um, I am personally no longer paying any more extortion money to the state for this permission slip <clears throat> to, to drive a car. Right. And, um, I, I was, uh, talking to a boss and I guess I was, I feel like I was in line for some sort of a promotion or a transfer type of a deal. Um, and it, it's a job that I, I left and then have since gone back to doing what I was doing before, but not doing what I could have been promoted to do. Um, and at the time, like, you know, he, he, he took me out to dinner and, you know, he, uh, he runs a real estate office. So he was like, you know, wanted to get me on the real estate side of things, like not necessarily as an agent, but just, you know, working, working office type stuff in that department. Um, and the question of like the driver's license came up and I was, oh, I don't have one. He's like, well, can you get one? I'm like, well, I could, but I'm not going to. I was like, well, how are you, how, how are you going to get to places? You know, like if we, if we need you to be at the house, how are you going to get there? I said, I'm, I'm going to drive. <laughs> I'm just going to drive. Like I, I drove here. <laughs> I, I, the work that I'm doing now, we go to houses daily, uh, and I drive there too. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't need the license, you know? And, and he said, you know, I told you this before MC, but if you know, for new listeners, he said to me like, that's your problem right there. Your limiting belief, right? The thing that's holding you back. Uh, from, by, from being, you know, financially secure in this world, you, what's holding you back, uh, is that you don't think you need, uh, the state's permission to do things. And I went, well, your limiting belief is that you do, <laughs> cause I do lots of things <laughs> without the state's permission. And I, I do it just fine. Uh, now again, is it a risk, uh, you know, to, to drive without a license and to do things without permission? Um, Absolutely. Uh, but I'm out there to prove the point to everyone, you know, to, to people who are, uh, looking on, uh, that you don't need it. Right. I don't, I don't need, I don't need that piece of plastic to drive. Uh, I'm perfectly capable of driving without it. Right. I don't, I don't need that permission slip, uh, to own a firearm. You know, if I can obtain one, I'm perfectly capable of obtaining one without it. Right. I don't, I don't need, I don't need all those permission slips. I don't need, I don't need the business license, uh, to, to operate a business. I, I can, I can just provide services, um, you know, for cash and, and be fine without it. And, you know, I've, I've, I've done, um, I've done that to, to a lesser extent. And, and, you know, I've, I've also acquired the business license, uh, for, for one company that I was looking to operate because it seemed more feasible, um, at the time, right. This was more like do the legal thing, uh, to make the money because I, 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 at the time thought it had the potential, uh, to make 
bank. Um, but I was wrong. So I just wasted, I gave the state money for a business license that I basically wasted. And I regret that I could have like, I could have got everything up and running and got, didn't done that last. Um, but I didn't. And, but I've operated other, you know, smaller, smaller businesses profitably, uh, not, not, uh, not, you know, uh, millionaire profitably or, or, you know, anything sustainably profitably, but I, I've made money. Uh, just doing doing things you know under the table um, and providing valuable services to paying customers so I don't need the his limiting belief is that he needs all these permission slips and in his industry at this point in time yeah he probably does um, but my point you know to 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 him and to you out there listening is that no, you don't. You don't. You don't need the pilot's license. You don't need the driver's license. You don't need the fishing license. You don't need the firearms license. You just do, and then hopefully you don't get caught. And if you do get caught, hopefully by that time there's enough people who've witnessed you do, without, and then have that support system behind you, uh, of other people doing, you know, doing things without the permission of the state, um, where at some point it, they just there's too much of us uh, to to prosecute and you know occupy jail is too big of a problem. And they just ignore it. And I'm hoping that that's the case uh, with the current moped issue because I'm running out of time on that, right? They said, you know, in, in Hawaii, register and safety inspect your moped uh, after years of just leaving moped riders alone. So I'm like, well, fuck it. I'll just get a moped. Um, and now now they want us to, like, you know, register all of that nonsense. And I'm not going to do that either. Like I said, I'm done paying. I'm done paying the extortions uh, to the state. Um, so pretty soon uh, I'll have the bullseye and target right back on my back because not only will i have an unlicensed illegal underground modified moped uh, i won't have the driver's license giving me the permission to ride it on the public road either so what i'm thinking about doing mc i know i'm going long uh what i'm thinking about doing mc is just carrying around that uh, that list of citations um you know for the supreme court rulings uh, and whenever i get pulled over for anything Rather than handing them my driver's license, I'm just going to hand them um, that list of citations uh, of, of Supreme Court rulings that says, you know, you can operate uh, on the public road without a license. And that way, at least if the cop still decides to take me to jail or write me a ticket, uh, he knows what he's in for uh, <laughs> when he gets put on the stand um, because I don't I don't take pleas and I don't pay fines. So I'll take it to court and we'll have another we'll have another exploit uh, for, for me to share on the show of, of my dealings in legal land. MC. All right. I think we're running out of time. Son of a gun. All right. Episode two or episode 133, season two, episode one uh, in the books. Um, for the people listening on LRN.FM, here's where I run down uh, every place else that you can find us. Website, anarchistexperience.com. Uh, we got the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash anarchist experience. We also have a group page where I post uh, show prep. So if you want to contribute to the show prep, uh, please do just, you know, post the links and let us know you want us to talk about it. Uh, we do that on facebook.com slash groups slash anarchist experience. Uh, and, and we, we take donations through Patreon because we're still on there and they still exist. Uh, patreon.com slash the anarchist experience. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you're a new listener, thank you for checking us out. Uh, and that'll do it for us. We'll talk to you all next week. Peace. <laughs>